guys, what's going on? You are watching or listening to the streamcast. I am Andre of Astora and I'm joined by Lord Trek of Karim. Knights Lord Trek of Karim. Yes. That knighthood. Get the title in. Remember his name. Handshake emoji. Same game. Love to see it. Almost like we planned it. But we didn't. <laughs> and we are back with another podcast. October was such a busy month full of so many games you got marvel's guardians of the galaxy you've got other games and fifa the game that always does well and comes out every year better than ever and this time we are going to look at ea and fifa's relationship with each other because it looks like they want to see other people they don't want to be exclusive anymore isaac i know that you are a bit of a FIFA player yourself. You call yourself a casual, but you play the game. Does this do anything for you? What are your thoughts on the EA and the FIFA relationship potentially breaking down? Uh, I mean, I didn't even know it was released yet um, this year. Apparently it is. Uh, so I, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, mates that play FIFA, we've moved on to Monopoly now. Um, so, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we play that instead. <laughs> <laughs> we are chilling um yeah uh but you know it's it's just the same thing over and over i guess for people who really enjoy the um the the official team names this might be a good thing so i think with ea or fifa going their separate ways all the football games might be allowed to uh i don't know like have the official names so i know like you know growing up and knowing people that played fifa that was a massive gripe because like, there was the man reds, I think there might have been a man blue, um, whatever derby or something like random names. Um, so now you know you can you can uh, have your have your names. I think that's all I have to say about FIFA. That's it. That is my knowledge of FIFA finished, exhausted. That's it. Over to you. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, short and sweet. Love to see it. Well. It is a weird one for me because I do play FIFA, but I've not gotten the new one. I don't see why it's justified this time. And yeah, I think when you get older, you just kind of want different stuff. There's, there's no point playing the same game, the same game, the same game, the same game. So there was a clip that, that went viral on Twitter and a team won the football match and like the players were running on the pitch to celebrate and the manager was faster than all of the players and he was old and fat <laughs> and that was enough for me to be like they don't care about actual football what is that there's no thought process that's gone into this sure it's a funny cutscene, but i think when you think about it deeper it goes to show that there's still going to be the same old gripes that people complain about every year you know playing ultimate team playing pro clubs and after a certain point, it's like, when are you going to take responsibility into your own hands? How many years are you going to keep forking money to these companies for these games that you, quote unquote, don't like? And I think that's why I don't have FIFA 22 and I don't see myself getting it anytime soon. So this could take effect as soon as FIFA 23. So FIFA is looking to either move their uh, gaming rights to another company um, or EA is looking to 
basically drop FIFA completely. Depending on the website you use, the story is different. So this has been super weird and super big, like a football transfer rumor. I hate it. Some people are saying EA wants to drop FIFA. Other people are saying FIFA want to drop EA. But ultimately, I think there is room now for potentially a new sports brand game. Can you see something like 2K coming in and swooping in those FIFA rights, Isaac? Do you know what? I always thought that 2K was an EA thing, but it's not, is it? No, 2K is 2K, Isaac. <laughs> I've just lumped all the games in one thing. It's just all EA. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2K. Um, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I hope not. I'd rather 2K put their you know resources into something else. Like I think they were behind, behind or picked up Saints Row after a while. Um, I think they've done Bioshock, uh, yes. great series of games. I'd rather they just put their time and effort into, you know, more of those kind of games and not, you know, like a FIFA or something. Like, you've already got 2K. People love 2K. Stay there. Just keep doing that. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Not the biggest sports fan. But I will say... To go back to your earlier point, because mm. you mentioned the, the, the fat coach. Here's, here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm not having that at all, because here's the thing, right? You can, you know, have a few pounds on you, but still be fast, still be fit, still be in good shape. You know, it's, it's not just the out of your parents. On, on the flip side, you can have bodybuilders who are just completely dead on the inside, can't walk up flat stairs. They might look great, but they are very unfit. Um, and also... The players have been, like, on this pitch for 90 minutes. Of course the coach is going to come out fresh. He hasn't been running. What's he done all game? No. Not having that, okay? So, what I will add to that is the players were on the bench that he was outpacing, so they hadn't used any energy at all. Secondly, you got me. (laughs) You got me. If the manager can outpace the players, why doesn't he play himself? He's too old. He's, he's, you, you hit, like, what, 28 and you're old in football? Well, I mean, he's outpacing all of these kids. Because he's not actually old. Still spry. I, I, it was hilarious, but at the same time, I was like, nah, man. I can't remember if you remember this game. It was either a FIFA game or a pro game. Mm. But basically, in the trailer, they scored from the uh, kickoff position. Mm-hmm. And sure, that's a great visual. But then think about it. That, that's, that's not how football works. And I, I can't believe in something like that. I think, well, I mean, Wayne really did it at one time. He is one. Not even one of a generation. He's one. Like, there's not going to be another Wayne Rooney. I'm, I'm sure there's been some semi-pro matches that didn't air where it's happened. Yeah, they don't count. Semi-pro. Come on. Wow. Wayne Rooney did it at the top level. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got me. <laughs> of course, 2K... As you listed off their well-known list of games, I think they're involved in Borderlands as well. I might be wrong there. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. Of course, very popular NBA 2K series and the just as popular WWE 2K series. Just so, as popular? Not for the not for the same reasons, but I think inversely. Ah, okay. So, like the magnitude is the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm following you. <laughs> yes. So I. I, I think it would be best for 2K to not try and step into the FIFA world just yet till they get their own act together. Because 
I'm not into basketball at all, but I think there's still a few issues that people have with the games. So I think they should sort that out first, but we could be wrong. What do you guys think, watching and listening? Do you think 2K would be a perfect partner for FIFA games going forward? From FIFA to its rival, eFootball, they've announced that 1.0 is delayed to spring. And that's basically going to have their version of Ultimate Team. And that is just... It's just sad, to be honest. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Their whole rebrand has just been halted and paused. And, you know, it's just a lot of criticism upon it. I have no thoughts on this other than this feels like an end of an era. Like, for the past three decades, FIFA and Pro have been, like, button heads like Coke and Pepsi. And now we're seeing them settle down. It's like two old gunslingers finally laying out to rest. It's quite sad. Like, do you have nothing to add to that? <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, I don't care much. I, okay. they, they, they can go. <laughs> They're not <laughs> Like, um, no, you're right. Like, there was the whole, you know, pro versus FIFA, but I, I don't really know anyone that still plays pro. Um, I feel like FIFA's been winning for a bit, and then pro is like, you know, might as well rebrand. Might as well see what we can do, and you know, hasn't gone well, and this must. This must be pretty painful because I think they got um uh I think Alonso maybe and Iniesta to for their branding. Um it's one of the Barcelona and the guys no yeah. hair and then I think no PK, I think it was PK. PK and and Iniesta. Iniesta, yeah, that's it. Um and yeah, they, they probably didn't come cheap. Uh nope. so yeah. I and people still don't like the game. Yeah. Is it out? Can people play it? Or is it like is there a demo or anything? I think there's a demo. It is it has been playable because some of our friends have played it and um, oh, okay. said that it's not that great. But yeah. I think the final version of the game where you can like play online and do Master League, etc. I think that's still in the works. Yeah. So it's not looking good for the football games, honestly. Damn. I mean just keep it simple. Just just leave it. <laughs> Honestly, like, you know, they're just trying to make money. It's like, what more can you... It's football. I don't know what more they think they can do. Mm. Like, you've done it. There's there's a reason why there was only one Harry Potter Quidditch game. It was made. It was near perfect. They got Quidditch right. Um, Don't make more. Because (laughs) there are still lots of Harry Potter fans out there. Um, You don't make more... Quidditch though, because it's had its moment in the shine. Moment in the shine? Moment in the sun. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else you can do with this football game. 2K are going to keep going with basketball. I don't play it, so I can't really like talk on it, but I don't see what more you can do with FIFA. Do you agree with those sentiments? Let us know. What do you think about eFootball? Are you playing that game? Are you looking to play it? Let us know. Now, let's move on to a game that I think we are a little bit more excited for. Elden Ring. Another game that's been delayed to the 25th of February. It's fine. <laughs> take, your, take your time from. No one's rushing you. That's it. That's the one message that we want you to take from this. Games can be delayed. It's completely fine. Just make sure that the game is fine when it comes out. They released a 15-minute gameplay video earlier in the week. Did you watch this? And what were your thoughts if you did uh... Yeah, I did watch it, and 
firstly, if this is this is very much a spiritual successor to Dark Souls Three. It is it is very, very Dark Souls Three. Um, so I've just come off the back of Sekiro, and you know I was like, oh, is it going to be a little bit like Sekiro? Nope, this is Dark Souls. Uh, but it looks good. I won't lie, it looks really good. Some of the bosses just seem very obnoxious. Uh, there's one that like, like picks you up with a with its dragon head hand and grabs you and crushes you and sets you on fire and then slams you <laughs> into the ground. And I'm like, nah. If that keeps happening to me, I'm I'm gonna be angry. Um, they, I don't think they showed a HUD, so I don't know if there's still a stamina bar. I really hope there isn't. Cause that's one thing I loved about Sekiro. Um, and it made the game you know, a lot of fun for me, a lot more like engaging. And, you know, I was watching this and the first thing that came to mind is like, oh, this is back to the old, like dodging attack, dodging attack. And I don't like that. I like being able to like, like really get in there, like stuck in the trenches. Because in Sekiro, it's like, it's attack, it's block, it's parry, it's dodge. Um, don't dodge often that you'll get bodied. But <laughs> in this, it doesn't look like you get as much interaction with with bosses anyways um i don't know how i feel about that but like the moves and attacks kind of make up for it because i think in one of the um in the sections where you're doing co-op like the the co-op partner just brings out a dragon head and just it it breathes fire and i was like raw kratos would definitely play this game if if he could (laughs) like if he lived long enough um yeah and all like the new like powers and things you can use is pretty cool like, I haven't played Dark Souls 3 yet, but I know that, like, Dark Souls 3 brought in, I think, weapon arts and whatnot. So you do have flashy moves, unlike in Dark Souls 1. Well, there were, there were some, but not as flashy as 3. So I don't know if it's a massive step up from 3, because I haven't played 3 yet, or if it's, you know, it's similar to the stuff that you can do in 3. But either way, the game looks great. It looks gorgeous. You've got a horse. The horse can, like, leap like hundreds of feet in the air at, at certain points, which I love because it means you don't have to climb any mountains. Um, that's something that I, I don't like in games. Playing Breath of the Wild, <laughs> you have to climb this mountain and, and you fall down, you don't have enough stamina. No, 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 none of that, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, the game looks amazing. What, what are your thoughts? Like, tell me, what are you thinking? I really loved it. I was just looking at it going, oh, this game looks so good. And I just kept thinking that for the entire thing. Obviously, Dark Souls is just reeking throughout the entire presentation. You can see it, you know, with the backstabs and the boss mm-hmm. designs. And I feel like this is what current gen Dark Souls should look like. I feel like this is what Dark Souls well, Souls games should look like. The terrain was just beautiful. And I like how in certain sections, uh, weather was a factor. So there was rain in one part. Whether that has a gameplay uh, effect, that I can't remember if that was um, seen there, but as you said, spiritual successor to Dark Souls, like uh, lots of com- conversations with NPCs, lots of decisions to be made. And I, yeah, I just feel like it did embody everything when it, uh, it did embody everything Dark Souls. Of course, George R.R. R. Martin is leading up the narrative experience there, which makes me very um optimistic about what they're going to do in terms of the story because i've never really cared for any of the dark Souls stories i don't think that's their strong point whoa you know no I'll, I'll let you finish i'll let you finish i am very interested in where they go with this game because it feels like it's got 
character about it. It's not just a good game, which a lot of the Dark Souls games are. It's got a lot of just a kick behind it. And I can't wait to just find out what is going on in this world. I did not see any HUD. So I think that's just something they did for the presentation's sake. I hope there is one. I'd like to find out more about the bars and what they mean. And the map looks so good. I'm, I'm glad there is a map. I need one. <laughs> that, that map worries me. Why? Like, his, when, when I play games, if there's a big map and there's a lot to do and they don't, you know, linearize the game to an extent, mm. I, I might never finish it. Because I'm just like, I can do this, 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 and this. So I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> that is, that's happened so many times. Don't give me too much choice in a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I do like some linearity in my games. But I think in a game such as this, you can get away with that. You can just do what you want. I think as is tradition in Souls games, there are a set number of regular bosses and you can just focus on those and complete the story. I think this is going to be the ultimate game for people who like to just spend a little bit more time playing their games, finding all the treasures, finding all the bosses, getting that platinum trophy, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think they're trying to service everyone and hopefully they succeed because it is very easy to fail when you, like, try to appease all kind of markets instead of just picking one and sticking with it. No, I agree. Um, do you think it's going to be a pause button? I hope so because <laughs> I think they should have a pause button. I didn't see no bonfires. <laughs> Well, they have something similar to bonfires. I think, like, I can't remember what they're called, but they're these specks of light. And if you go to one, then you can rest there and do all the, you know, bonfire things. So you've got those. Just have a pause button. It's not that big a deal. Uh, it's not a it's not a deal breaker for me at this point. I've played the fucking games, haven't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've enjoyed all three Dark Souls games. Uh, that's a bit much. I've enjoyed <laughs> I've enjoyed three. I'll say that. Okay. Three is a proper good game. Mm. Yeah, it looks really good too, actually. Um, yeah. The world itself, uh, the armor sets, the powers you can have. Um, yeah, it looks like a pretty decent game. I definitely want to play it at some point. It's on my list. It's on my radar. Oh, here we go. That sounds like the backlog talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, <laughs> some of my... <laughs> 100% back of the line. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's going to happen? Like, oh, yeah, I really want to play this. New game comes out. I really want to play it. I'm playing that first. What's going to happen is I'm going to have time to play all these games and then uh, the Pokemon remake is going to come out and I'm going to be like, yeah, this is all I'm playing now because it's familiar. I like the music. I know what I'm doing. I like Pokemon. It's going to get played. Yeah, and that will probably... Fin you'll probably finish that a lot sooner than you would a Souls game anyway. Oh, yeah. You'll have more fun too. Well, I say more fun. You'll have a more leisurely time. It will feel more like downtime and stress yeah can't believe people play Dark Souls are fun mad when you get good <laughs> it is fun I will say I'm just saying but let us know your thoughts get in the comments hit us up on Twitter and or Instagram streamcast underscore what are your thoughts on Elden Ring is this a game that you are getting or is this one you're on the fence about let us know now there were a lot of games that has been released in the last month there are a lot of games to look forward to. And there is a place where these games can be showcased in London. 
called EGX. Hmm. It's a shame that none of those games were showcased there, were they? <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> it's got dark in here, you know. It's blocking out the sun. <laughs> so shades. Isaac, we got invited to go to EGX. Mm. Thank you for the invite. We appreciate it. What are your thoughts on the convention? Um, shout out to Big Sosa. He made an amazing game, and I think that was the highlight of the convention for for me. Um, met him once upon a time. Said he wanted to make a game. Then he made a game. Like, and honestly, it was great. Some kids started speedrunning the game because like he enjoyed it so much. His booth was always full. There were always people there. Um, it was great to see him doing so well. Speaking of other people that you know, I've met, and they said they were going to make a game, and then they did. The authors were there as well. They did a talk. It was a great talk. Um, and then they plugged their product. Like they were like, "Yeah, look below your seats." Boom! They had like a little, you know, um, pamphlet of their game. So there's no there excuse <laughs> not to play it. Uh, even pamphlet's not the right word, but let's move on. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, apart from that, I know we made we met some like you know other you know indie developers, and for me, I think that was the best part. Just like you know seeing all these up and coming like new games. Uh, one of them was a samurai game where like you've only got one health point, so you've got to do, and it's like a, it's I think it's like a three D two point five D kind of game, um, so like a Tekken or something, uh, and you've got to like, you know, block and parry and whatnot, and if you get hit, you die, and you know, it, it makes sense, like, there's, there's no health bar in real life, if someone stabs you with a samurai sword, you're probably going to die, uh, so that's a pretty cool concept, there was one that mixed, uh, you know, Yoruba and, you know, Celtic mythologies together, so again, that sounds like, you know, something pretty interesting, and, and yeah, like, you know, seeing all these, you know, creative minds and, like, games that you wouldn't normally think of just in one space was, like, so cool because a lot of the AAA, they take, they play it safe. They, you know, bring out the standard AAA game, the standard, you know, gameplay loop, you know, fetch quest here and there, fight this boss, uh, big numbers on the screen and, like, RPG elements. I'm looking at you, Assassin's Creed, because you've been in the same game for how long? Um, you know, that's not fair. I, I've, I've stopped <laughs> playing Assassin's Creed because I, I just don't like what it's become. Uh, let me not be bitter, but but yeah, uh, the the indie section was fun, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. What, what were your thoughts? I'm gonna echo you mostly. Mm. The, the one cool thing that I wish I did was the four guys. It was like the oh, the little slide thing that you run up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot what that's called. It's from Gladiators, but mm. uh, yeah, I wish I did that. that fun, but I mean, they did allow you to play Back for Blood, which was an upcoming game. Mm. So I'll say that. Uh, and uh, everyone wanted to play Deathloop, which is cool. The game was but, out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was out at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they they went for the the mentality that not everyone can afford Deathloop. On yeah, the, that's true. So okay, I, that's I get fair. it. Try before you or buy, kind of thing. Get a PS Five. <laughs> get a PS Five, bro. Okay. No, 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 no. Not that they can't afford it. I mean, because it's out of stock. I'm not a dickhead. Well, sometimes I'm a dickhead. I'm not a monster. <laughs> but yeah, by far my favorite thing about EGX was seeing all the indie developers, a bunch of really young students making their own games and Pyro Kid Sosa, the man who made our theme song, amazing game he put. I was so excited. 
And I didn't expect to see him there. We just kept talking for so long and his game looked very engaging. Didn't get a chance to play it, but we'll do hopefully soon. So hopefully we can sort something out there. It was very enjoyable. He was very good with the people. A lot of people were just coming in and out. People were staying there, playing the game over and over. And there were a lot of other people who were there as well. Uh, people use their accessibility and like personal um, uh, disabilities to uh, make their game a more engaging experience. Other people who mixed. I've made this mistake as well, Isaac. It's Gaelic and Europa oh, mythologies. Apologies, apologies. It's all right. I made that mistake too. And I still don't know how to pronounce the name of the game. But that's fine. But great idea to just mix those two mythologies and uh, to see how they merged quite well. And um, I was really proud when the mythology, uh, I was really proud when the developer said Yoruba mythology and not African mythology because they're not the same thing. There's yeah. a lot of different mythologies in Africa. It was refreshing to just see these developers be brave. As you said, Isaac, a lot of these AAA companies you know, keep it safe. They remake a game from five years ago. You know, they give you plain white main character and bland. You know, maybe the story has a few jump scares or a few twists here and there, but you've played that kind of game before. You've seen that kind of story before. And these developers just went, you know what, scrap that. We're going to change the formula. And I loved that. It was always great to see the authors. It's always great to see them. And they delivered a fantastic talk about running a black owned game studio just amazing stuff i think that was it for me the highlight was seeing all the developers and seeing how young people create games like i feel like the absence of opportunity for them has just breeded creativity and we've just seen it in every each and every game that was made some were like more combat based some were more like relaxed based and there was really something for everyone it was amazing the, the indie devs part and <laughs> <laughs> and you can see our interviews with select indie developers on our youtube we'll put the link somewhere up there or down there you will be able to check it out give us a like give us a thumbs up and moving on from egx there was also comic-con in the same venue how was your experience at comic-con isaac oh it was fun like we haven't been in ages have we because because of lockdown yeah. isn't it yeah it's been about yeah. a couple of years yeah, um, it's annoying because, like, I think the last time I was like, do you know what? I'm cosplaying and it's happening, okay? And then I left it too late and I didn't get on my outfit. And it's the thing, I tried to get an outfit for Comic-Con, didn't come. So I was thinking, maybe we'll come for Halloween, didn't come. It's come now, it doesn't fit. <sighs> I'm getting my costume, like... Like six months in the well, I can't. Well, the next one is in April, May. May. I will get it two months in advance. I will have it ready, um, and I will get it one size larger than I actually need. Two sizes larger. Two sizes than I actually need. Yeah, need. yeah. So, um, but enough of that. Uh, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. It was good to see lots of people. You know, like actually came, and people like had really great cosplays. It was clear a lot of them made it. A lot of effort and time went into it and you know that that passion people have for cosplaying you know isn't dead uh, you go speak to someone they're in character like it's it's great to see uh went to the fox afterwards uh, it was just a nice time it was like just you know lots of like cosplayers in, in a chilled out environment yeah it was pretty nice 
Um, met some lads as well, but that's that's a that's a conversation for after this pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, we got to like meet some you know really cool people. Like, remember the McGonagall that we oh, that we met? Yeah, she was. Yeah, good. she nailed the voice. Like, really good one. Uh, spoke to Invincible. Just you know, talked to him about you know why why he's just. Not a great superhero. <laughs> like, how dare he call himself invincible and give us such a weak performance in season one? <laughs> Wasn't he beating up when you interviewed him as well? Yeah, yeah. In on brand. On oh, you'd love to brand. see it. Love to see it. Um, and then, yeah, like, so I know a lot of Netflix anime. Uh, I don't know. So it doesn't always get the love it deserves because a lot of anime on Netflix is really good. There's one called Darwin's Game. And uh, some guy dressed up as the the rookie killer. So basically, uh, it's it's think uh, Mariah Nakai or My Future Diary or like a battle royale kind of thing. Uh, and your powers come from your phone. And this guy basically preys on all the newbies and, and kills them. So he's, he's pretty trash as a person. Uh, but he wears like a panda like hat and a baseball outfit. And some guy like cosplayed as him. And I was like, yo, this is actually top notch because it looks like it was taken directly from the anime. I love seeing stuff like that. Especially that anime that I that I don't where like I can't speak to anyone about it because I don't think they had they haven't watched it yet. So you know it's nice seeing those like niche animes like come to life. Uh I think once upon a time there's a show I watched called Final Space. And I think the three years ago into Comic Con, like I saw someone, I was like, Oh, that's Final Space. And then you know, like we had a little, you know, quick back and forth about it. So it was a nice little exchange. Like I've missed that in Comic Con. I am going to cosplay next time. Something good is <laughs> happening. Um, all about yourself. So you uh, was... missed it. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you willing to say on record what you're gonna cosplay as or attempt? To... That is that so risky. You are held accountable. You know what? Accountability. <laughs> it's important. It's very important. <laughs> I will be cosplaying as Zenitsu on the condition that I don't find something else I would rather cosplay as, but it's going to happen. Okay, there we have it. Streamcast exclusive. <laughs> oh, you know, I've got to do it twice because we're going as DC, aren't we? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Two cosplays. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your work out for you, but. I mean, just think about the engagement. Think about the likes for the content. For the content. For the content. <laughs> and a sleepless night trying to stitch together a cosplay. <laughs> It'll be worth it, man. You'll get so many people coming up to you. Oh, your costume looks so nice. Can I take a picture? Yeah, Basically sure, what we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people are like, quite accommodating as well. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Well, um, I, nice. Yeah, I think... At Comic Con, when you come dressed up, you're kind of like a celebrity, and like you mm. do get stopped all the time. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things that you kind of need to get used to in a way. Like mm. it happens to everyone. If your costume's good, you're gonna get stopped. Yeah, and it's true. more a compliment than anything, you know. Hundred mm. percent. I loved Comic Con personally. I was very afraid because we went to EGX and. This isn't a knock to them, but it wasn't as packed as I thought it would be. Partly because, you know, the whole pandemic. So that is why I wasn't too surprised. But 
I did think a few more people would go. So I was a bit worried about Comic-Con, but Comic-Con could be any more different. It was so packed. People hadn't even heard of COVID jabs there. They were just all bunched up together. It was it was really cool to see. And uh, we got right away talking to people who were in bleach costumes, banging. I really enjoyed my time there. I think it was one of those things that I didn't know how much I missed Comic-Con until Comic-Con opened up again. I was like, yeah, I missed this. Never go away. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It, it was so cool being able to talk to a lot of people. And yeah, as you said, if people are in normal clothes, you're probably A, not going to talk to a stranger and B, they're probably not going to respond to you. But like, because you're an, in an outfit, no, that's Daredevil. That's not, you know, Jeremy or whoever. That, that's Wonder Woman. That, that's Superman. Like, I think that is so cool and a space like that is very much needed and you know people can say whatever they want but i think there's nothing wrong with having an escape and if your escape is dressing up as a, a character from you know some sort of fiction or even some movie something that you watched and enjoyed that's perfect like as long as you know you you know who you are and you're comfortable i think that's great man go go ahead and do it like we spoke to so many great people. We spoke to a Nightwing. We spoke to an Alucard. We spoke to a Joker. Mm. I saw a Flint the Time Detective cosplayer, and I was like, "No one's gonna know who that is." <laughs> I know who that is. Yes, I respect you. That's really it was, well done. It was so good as well. The Maddox mm. was there. Oh, yeah, it was it was elite stuff. Do Do you have any highlights from Comic Con or a single one? Uh, I think we got a creator's badge. It was just nice, like you know. Just I don't. I don't think I queue jumped because I I queued up for like regular. <laughs> they got told to walk around the building. And <laughs> um, but no, that was nice. Uh, and yeah, I guess just seeing like really cool cosplays that I like. I don't know where they're from, but I'm like, I like this cosplay so much. I would like to check out the anime. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, you know, it's just nice, you know, going back and seeing all the cosplay and being like, I'm doing this next time. But yeah, that's it from me. You can buy it yourself. Yeah, there are quite a few. Like, McGonagall, absolutely fantastic. Because of the voice as well. Yeah. As costume. That was so good. The Joker was very good. The, because he was in character as well. Yeah. So I was a bit I scared. To, yeah. <laughs> I had to be in character as the interviewer. And yeah, that was really fun. Like, being shit scared and stuff being able to talk to so many cosplayers who knew their stuff as well so like you can ask them proper questions about the show that they were cosplaying as and mm. you know they give you a bit of back and forth the nightwing was absolutely fantastic because he acknowledged the meme of thick grayson and you know that's his official name now i yeah i had a blast at comic-con and i feel it's time for me to cosplay i don't know who i'm gonna be yet so i can't say that on the pod but I will decide, and it will follow the theme of DC. Aren't you calling yourself Britain's Bunda? You should just go as Nightwing or Captain America in that case. Oh, the the, the second one's not DC, so he's out. I, I, well, you can you <laughs> can do two first ones. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I could I could do a Nightwing. Hey, I mean, people in the comments. Give me suggestions for cosplay ideas. Good ones I will take and consider. But yeah, Nightwing's a good one. Uh, we should have our video about Comic-Con going out 
shortly after this podcast goes live. So make sure you check out our YouTube, youtube.com forward slash streamcast. Subscribe to us, tap the bell to get every video as soon as it goes live. And as you quite rightly said, we got invited to go to Comic-Con as well. So thank you so much for the invitation. It was great. And the busy, the hectic month of October concluded for the Streamcast with a panel talk about diversity in the games industry for us at Develop Brighton. Thank you for the opportunity to speak on a... Thank you. Very important topic that is relevant today and will be relevant for a while from the looks of it. And uh, Troy and myself went and we delivered that talk and... It was a lot of stress. I, yeah, there were several moments when I was like, Detroit, I I love what we do, but I just want this to be fucking over. I cannot wait to be done with this. I hate all of this stress. It was like cramming for an exam and it's got a lot of uni vibes, you know, Red Bull, late night, you know, studying, scripting, planning slides. <laughs> so the hotel, we say that. The hotel owner was very much encouraging us to like go out and you know basically enjoy the nightlife of Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm working. This is <laughs> not fun for me. This is business, not pleasure. Mm-hmm. And the work's not done yet. <laughs> so yeah, there was a lot of uh obstacles that we had to overcome, but I think we did a very good job at it. And judging from the demographic who went to develop Brighton, you know, the paying customers that that talk was needed you know it's it's one thing to deliver a talk about diversity to a diverse crowd but you're just preaching to the choir there you know you need to be able to preach to the people who are unbelievers basically you need to be able to talk to white people about diversity because they need to hear it and they need to understand our point of view and yeah i was nervous as fuck and i <laughs> i still can't believe we did it but it was very good um and hopefully we'll be the first of many talks. No, well done for doing it. Like it is, it's not easy to get up and you know talk on stage, let alone talking on stage about you know a serious issue. Like this wasn't time for jokes or to make people you know feel nice inside. This was you know this was like this was information that you you had to give out in a concise you know constructive way, and you did do. Like, there's a lot of pressure, but, you know, you and Troy, well done, both of you. You did it. You've come out of it. And I'm sure, like, you know, there'll be many more opportunities to, you know, get your voice out there. So, honestly, well done. Like, it might have been stressful, but you've done something great. And be proud of yourself. You too, Troy, because I know you'll be listening at some point. Yes. I want to give Troy a lot of shout-outs. He did a lot of work. So, yeah, he deserves the praise just as much as I do. Yeah, I'm very proud of the streamcast. I can't lie. It was, yeah, it was good. And we met up with the CEO of Spilt Milk Studios, Andrew, who is such a lovely guy. I made sure that we spoke because he's busy. You know, running a business is not easy. So it was good to catch up. And we met up with someone from TikTok as well. It was great. Really good. Really good to just pick brains and just talk. And it was good to see that what we had to say was important and had to be heard. The authors were there as well, who talked about running a black games, a black owned game studio. Very important. I think that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to a lot of mutuals, us as well. We are here to take over and not to take part. And I mean, whether it's by force or whether it's, you know, not by force, 
I think the games industry is ours for the taking. You're now accountable. Now that you've said that. I'm accountable. <laughs> oh, for account- taking for taking over the games industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's happened now. You said yeah, it. Hold me, yeah, hold me to it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, we've got this, this baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was a lot of fun, to be fair. Um yeah, Troy couldn't make the podcast, unfortunately. So I'd have loved for him to give his perspective as well. I mean, that's everything that mm. I wanted to talk about. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about, Isaac? Oh, I know the um the Wii, the Wii, the Switch is like on 92 million sales or something, and it's closing in oh, on closing in. Yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely gonna I think they could wait, hold I think they can beat the PS3. They're not about two. But they they're gonna be up there. They're gonna be top five, I think. Yeah, I think I think they'll beat the PS4. I don't think they'll beat the PS2, but oh, one hundred percent beat the yeah. PS4. Yeah, yeah. I think they might finish third. They'll probably beat the Game Boy. I think. Oh, do you know? There's still there's still so much time for them to beat stuff. I think. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. They they might become the best selling console of all time. Ooh, I'd like to see it. <laughs> Because they've got the light, they've mm. got the the regular, and then they've got the OLED. And here's the thing about the OLED, right? It might not be like the best or what even people wanted, but people who have the Switch, collectors, etc., etc., people with money are going to get the OLED anyways. People who've been wanting to dip their toe into getting the Switch might just go and get the OLED anyways. Like it's a nice thing to just have. It's there, and also. You look at the OLED and you think to yourself, what? That's a bump. I'm going to get the regular Switch. It's now incentivizing you to get the regular Switch. And then the light, it's it's, it's baby's first Switch. Like, it's, you can drop it. Well, don't drop it. But <laughs> it'll probably survive. It's, it, it's going to... It's not a Nokia. Yeah, yeah, it's not a Nokia. But it'll, it'll probably last. Like, I don't know. They've, they've got a nice family of consoles. They've got the basic games that everyone can just play like as a family or whatever. Um, if you've got a kid that's growing up and you want like a family game to play, you just get, I think, I think the switch is going to, is going to do well. And if for some reason they get some really good games that aren't just Mario party, a Mario Kart, let's say a really banging game drops on the switch, just, just out of nowhere. Uh, Oh hey, like I I, th- I think they can do it. I think it's very doable. I agree. I think they I think Nintendo have done what Nintendo do, and that's just make something that doesn't necessarily beat the competition, but something mm-hmm. that stands out enough that you need this in your household. All right. And that's what the Switch is. The Switch Lite, the Switch OLED, they've all combined themselves. And was it 92 million sales worldwide? 92 million, yeah. It's closing in. It's getting it's closing there. In. Like, I think that... Hold on, where's the Xbox? The Xbox Series... Whoa, this might not be true. Xbox Series X, Series S. That's the new one that's just come out. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that's only got 8 million. Oh, no, that's fine, because the PS5's got 13.4. Never mind, ignore me. These aren't right numbers. I was like, that's kind of low, but it's because it's just come out. Um. Yeah, the Wii's got 101, the PlayStation 1 has got 102, and then the PS4's got 116. I think it can take the PS4 and possibly the Game Boy Color, that's 118. The DS and the PS2, however, 
I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Who's to say? That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I I think I think it will become third at the very mm. least. But those other two are just behemoths. They're just and, beasts. Yeah, like PS2 is honestly the best selling console ever because it had two iterations: the normal one and the slim one. The DS has had like how many thousands of iterations because it's the Ooh. DS family that has mm-hmm. sold. 154 yep. million. Not not the, the DS part, it's not the DS family. So, hmm. hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, well, that's a great achievement for the Switch. And I think they have capitalized the most out of the pandemic mm. throughout yeah. any company. So, they, they deserve all the plaudits and all the praise. I think mm-hmm. they released a great console. And yeah, let's go, let's get some more games on it. When you consider. The PS4 and the Xbox One came out around 2013, yeah. and the Switch came out 2017. I want to say, mm-hmm. I think we're in the middle of its console life cycle. If we are assuming that it's going to get like six, seven years, yeah. So that's still two, three, maybe even four years of Nintendo making unique content and peripherals and releasing new games. They said that Metroid Dread isn't the Metroid game that they were working on, that, you know, they scrapped and started yeah. again. So we still got that to come out. I think the Switch could be a very big player and land itself in the top three when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'd put money on it. Not too much, though. Not too much. <laughs> uh, I'll put some money on it. Yeah, but if you are watching or listening to this podcast, let us know, where do you think the Switch will end up in the best-selling console list. Do you think it can take top spot and beat the PS2? Or do you think it will land somewhere in the top five? Let us know. Also, like, the PS2, when you think about its collection of games compared to, like, everything else, just stellar. Honestly, just there was something for everyone. Like, yeah. there wasn't any, like, slow days. Um, I, I, That's weird to say, but there's something nice about games not having patches. Like you get a game and it is what it is. So it's like if yeah. you find something that you can break, yeah, break it. Um, if it's a good game and then you find something you can break, great. If it's just an absolute shit game, it's just an absolute shit game. It's, yeah. it's stuck that way. <laughs> um, there's no like second chances. Like Cyberpunk came out, but fuck, this is this is just trash, and that would be it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like this is just a chance of games coming out, and like it is what it is. Uh, and there are just little glitches that you can find like in FIFA when the goalie comes out and punches a player across the pitch there's some, <laughs> some great moments um, but no I think the, the the pros of having patches definitely outweigh um, not having them so it's not me wanting to go back to dark ages but I oh know something nice about the game comes out and it's just finished and it's fine I agree yeah, yeah I agree I will go on record and say I believe the PS2 has the best gaming library of any console that you can play games on. Mm. The amount of good games on the PS2, it just outweighs any other console. And sure, games have gotten better. Like The PS4 games are better than the PS2 games. But I think when it comes to library A to Z, the PS2 has the best. And I think partly... You know, the fact that games just came out and that was it. And then they moved on and there were so many options. I think that is partly why the PS2 was such a force when it came to, like, the household. I think games are definitely better now. And patches are definitely needed because 
as you said, Cyberpunk 2077, that gets panned and gets a 2 out of 10, and then everyone moves on. Whereas with patches, you know, games can be saved, and they're given longer life. And mm. they, uh, gamers are forgiven, right? We can understand and accept a game is shit. And if you work on it, you'll give it a fair shake. So I think, as you said, the pros outweigh the cons. You didn't agree with my 2 out of 10 statement. <laughs> No, I did. Oh, no, like it was. (laughs) It's not a two out of ten. Honestly, Cyberpunk is like between like an eight out of ten and a ten out of ten. It's just oh, the flipping bugs. The frustration was because the game was good and you wanted to play it, but the game wouldn't let you. That it was that. So, so how is the game good if you can't play it? No, but here's the, here's the thing. Stop being difficult, all right? Because you know exactly. I'm, what I mean. I'm being straight up you, here. You you know exactly what. Okay, think. No, no. It, it, here's the thing, right? Okay, like the game itself and what it offers, like well, what it says it offers. Oh, do you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm just letting you know. You're just moving those goalposts, bro. Because here's the thing. All right, hold on. It's it's such a hard one to like talk about because. On the one hand, like it didn't deliver what it promised, okay? Because it broke, um, it, it didn't run properly on you know the current gen consoles. Uh, it would run on PS5 consoles, but here's the thing: that that was the PS4 game running on the PS5 console. That I don't think the PS5 version of Cyberpunk is ready yet. I think it's going to be coming out next year. They've yeah. delayed all their hot fixes. They've delayed all of the DLC that was meant to come. Uh, the hot fixes were to fix the original original problems. And they haven't happened this year. Well, some of them haven't happened this year. I think like you had one or two and all of that has been pushed back. And it's like, yo, what is happening? But when you play the game and it actually runs and it's not fucking up, there are some like genuinely really cool uh, interactions between the main character and the side characters. There's a nice bit of world building. Things are left out. Like they promise, like if you were, you know, because you can have backstories. So if you were... I think a nomad, so you play as an Aldercado or like a street punk or corporate, like it will affect the game differently, but it doesn't. It only affects the first mission and then some dialogue options as you play the game, which honestly are completely irrelevant because you can still have a good time picking all the other dialogue options and you get other options depending on what kind of skills you specced out. Like if you specced out strength, you can just punch someone to, to, to have it your way. Or if you've specced out, I don't know, like technical expertise, you can just like, you know, go behind the building, hack your way in, do what you need to do. Like there are so many good things happening in this game, but you just can't get to it because like they, they released it. They fucked so many things and it's so jarring because there is a good game hidden under all the shit. And it's really, really annoying. So let me rephrase, all right? Like, with all the shit packed on top, yeah, 2 out of 10, go for it. Take off the shit, 8 out of 10. But it's 7 out of 10, because you shouldn't have to take off the shit. That <laughs> shit shouldn't be there. Don't know why it's there, ruining the game. Because it's great! Honestly, it's so much fun when it does not crash. Um, mm. that's, that's always going to be my stance on it. And it's just so annoying, because I was like, yo, this game looks sick. And I got it, and I loved it, and it kept crashing, and I was like... Oh, Every single time, I keep saying this, every single time I played it, it crashed. And it was just so jarring because I'd be in a mission, loving up the game, and it crashed. And I have to reset all my settings. And it stopped me from, like, exploring. Because it always felt like I was on a timer. I'd be like, oh, should I, should I do the side quest? No. 
as you don't have time mm. for the side quest. Right, You've got to just yeah. do all the things that you want to do before this game crashes. Like, there shouldn't be... I mean, there should be a time limit on games. I won't lie. Like, the game manual says, play for 40 minutes, stop, rest your eyes, etc. Don't play for too long. Be a constructive human. But we don't do that. We we play for, you know, four, five, six hours sometimes. It happens. It's a good game. Um, and you should be allowed to do that without the game crashing. But anyways, I've said this so many times. I'm going to stop because <laughs> it's like I'm a broken record right now. But yeah. Uh it's a good game. It's just don't buy it yet until it's finished because it's not finished. Yeah, I I think you've said some good points there, and you've played the game, so I will take your opinion over mine or over anyone else's who hasn't played the game. I I think we just have different breaking points with games. That mm. that happens to me, and I drop it. So yeah, you know, as you that, should. That, yeah, that's a 1 out of 10 as far as I'm concerned. If I can't play the game, I can't play the yeah. game. But, of course, it's not all... You know, that isn't the be one the end of the story. Obviously, you've got beautiful graphics. You've got an amazing um, story, I take it, from you, <laughs> for what you yeah, told me. You've got it. a lot of options. Mm. So there is a lot of utility in the game. It's just... It crashes periodically. And, yes, we should take regular breaks from playing games, but that should be... an option and not something that the gamers have forced upon us especially when that's not the game's intention that's not good <laughs> yes no you don't want that i yeah i think that's just i think we are saying two different sentences but we do agree i think i'm saying a game should be playable and should run yeah. and you're saying the game is fun when you can actually play it. Yeah. So we are in agreement. It's oh, just yeah. that our stances are very different. I guess. Not very no. different, but a little bit different. No, you're absolutely right. Also, the music's really good too. Like, you play it and you're like, wow, this is good. I want more. But yeah. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's not the same. Like, you know how until you've like played it or watched like a film or something or experienced yeah. it like otherwise the music just like what is this I, yeah it's just music i don't yeah, feel yeah, yeah. yeah do you I know what i mean because you associate it to the moment in the game yeah i got you, I got exactly. you. Mm-hmm. but that is all the time we've got for this episode make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the streamcast if you're on youtube youtube.com forward slash streamcast and why not get every video that we pull out as soon as it goes live, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other audio platforms. If your platform of choice allows you, please give us a review and a rating because that helps us out greatly. And if we don't currently air our episodes where you like to have them, just let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and or Instagram, streamcast underscore. Check out our website, thestreamcast.co.uk. Check out our Patreon where we put our exclusive content. Shout out to Spilt Milk Studios, who are an official patron of the Streamcast. We just saw the CEO at Devert Brighton, and they're doing big things. So make sure you follow them on every platform you can. Until the next Streamcast, please take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Stay safe. Bye. Ciao.